gather a day's portion. I'll unpack that in just a minute. Gather a day's portion. You might call it faithful realism in daily Bible intake. In short, don't try to do too much. Don't try to acquire a lifetime's worth of Bible knowledge in a few short months or weeks. And on the other hand, don't fall off the wagon when you miss a day and go long stretches without coming to God and His Word. Rather, adopt a modest, realistic approach to meeting with God in His Word and seek to be faithful for the long haul. Coming to feed on God through His Word to be nourished, to receive, not to achieve in morning devotions. So gather a day's portion. And I'll flesh this out in five brief aspects. But first, let me give you some the context from where I'm getting this strange phrase about gathering a day's portion. Some of you may know. It's Exodus chapter 16. You may remember in Exodus chapter 14 that God has miraculously delivered his people from slavery in Egypt through the Red Sea. And in chapter 15, they erupt in song of praise to God. And before chapter 15 is even over, they're grumbling. Only three days later, they're grumbling. And God's gracious to them. He heals the bitter water. He brings them to a place of plenty, an oasis that has 12 springs of water and 70 palm trees at the end of Exodus 15. And once they set out again from the oasis, they are grumbling again at the beginning of chapter 16. And now they're turning delusional about going back to Egypt. And again, God responds with grace. This is Exodus chapter 16, verse 4. Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion. This bread, as you may know, they call manna. And Moses gives further instruction in verse 16. Gather of it, each one of you, as much as he can eat for that day. Don't store up for the future, for months, as much as he can eat that day. Now, Exodus 16 is not, first and foremost, about Christian Bible reading. I know that. Admit that. It's not, first and foremost, about how to meet with God each day. But it does give us a glimpse into who our God is and what it means to have him as our God and for us to be his people. He is the kind of God who provides for the needs of his people on a daily, everyday basis. He is the God who is with his people every step of the way to give us by his own hand provision, daily provision to sustain us in the wilderness, any place in the world, and get us safely to the promised land. And he loves to feed his people a day at a time. 
So Jesus taught us to pray to his Father, give us this day our daily bread. And Jesus warned us against the build bigger barns mindset of the rich fool who put his hope for the future on what he had stored up rather than on God's daily provision. God wants our sitting down with the open Bible every day to meet with him in his word to be more like coming to dinner than like it is going to the grocery store. When you go to the grocery store, you stock, you stock up for later on. You develop your stash. You fill up the pantry. When you come to dinner, you come to eat and drink and enjoy now. God wants you to come to eat, to feast, to enjoy now. Not stock up for future ministry. He'll take care of that. What you can teach later on in the church or mission field or what you say to somebody else later on, he will take care of that in the future. He means in those moments for you to feed from him and have your soul satisfied in him. Feed straight from his table. So coming to God's word is to gather a day's portion. And let me mention five brief aspects of gathering a day's portion. This is what it's come to mean for me in these years in gathering a day's portion. The first is the plan. And that includes time and place. It was no accident that Jesus rose early. And that the united testimony of centuries of faithful saints has been that the quiet of the first thing in the morning is far and away the best time for far and away the most Christians. I want to hear God's voice before I hear another voice each morning. I want to come to scripture before I come to the smartphone. And most of us will find out over time that if you can turn off the screen the night before and get to bed on time and get up early before everybody else who stayed up too late on their screens, then you have the quietest time. The least, the least distracting time to meet with God in his word. So first part of the plan is the time. Second part of the plan is the place. And I mean that in two senses. One is the place in the world, and the other is the place in the word. In the world means there's a physical location where you meet with God, with your Bible open. For me, I love having an uncluttered desk or an empty table. I, I like having a private space if I can. I don't like somebody else sitting across the room or a coffee house full of people just to even think about what eyes are on me, how they're perceiving me. In the word then means what place you're going to go to as you get up <laughs> and you're just waking up from sleep and you're just having your coffee in the morning. I would not recommend that you just flip open randomly. Or that you just go where you think you're interested in, in the spur of the moment. But that you have some kind of plan. That you trust God for a provision ahead of time. So that when you come to the word that morning, that assigned text for the day. If it's an annual Bible reading plan, the machine plan, the disciple journal plan, whatever plan it would be. That you have an assigned text from him for the day. And, he me and trust that he means to feed you from that text for the day. So first is a plan. Second then is a pace. 
And this is so important. I suspect that so many seasons of Bible reading are ruined by rushing and impatience. Modern life can be so hurried. We hurry as we eat. We hurry as we drive. We hurry to scroll through feeds. We hurry when we read articles and books, just skimming, because we feel like we're running out of time, and we've been taught to read by screens. But hurry ruins Bible reading. I think it hampers most reading, but Bible reading all the more. God did not design the Bible to be rushed through. It is so carefully crafted and preserved to be lingered over, to, be, to, to, to take it in at an unhurried pace, even leisurely, if we might venture such a term. In a life of hurry, let these moments of meeting with God be your way of standing against the tide of hurry in our society. Slow down when you open the Bible. Find the pace that accords with nourishing your soul. God's word is not fast food. It is a feast to be enjoyed. And for me, this means I need enough time to lose track of time. I want to be able to follow rabbit trails. I want to check my own mental cross-references or the cross-references in the margin because I want to understand Scripture in the world of Scripture. As I go through a passage, I want to think about this word, this language, this theme, this concept, this category. Is there something else in Scripture before it that would give, shed light on it? Is there something in Scripture later that would reveal more light on it? So plan, pace. Third then is pause. And what I want to highlight here is the importance of meditation. Not Eastern meditation, not meditation of emptying your head. This is the meditation with a full head of truth from God's word. It's not just reading, but as you read slowly, as we've already established, you find some place to pause, some place to linger, to ponder some striking truth from God's word, some unexpected ray of his goodness, some glimpse of his beauty. In meditation, you pause and you ponder some truth. You roll it around on the tongue of your soul, seeking not only to understand it, but to enjoy it, to feel the horror of the warning, or feel the goodness of God's promise and his love for us in Christ, which leads then to a response. It's called prayer. We take God's word in, and take it down deep in meditation, and God means for us to respond in prayer. That's the fourth P. And meditation is like a bridge between Bible reading and prayer. Meditation is this bridge. 
I would not recommend that you do your Bible reading over here and then make an abrupt pivot to pray lists. Rather, let your Bible reading lead to a time of meditation, of taking the truth down deep, of having it go into your soul, feeling the weight of it. And then let your meditation lead you into prayer. Inspire your prayers. Maybe you're praying for the same things every day, for family and for friends and for the nations and for your campus. But meditation can inform and inspire and give the terms in which you meet God in prayer that day. So my little arc for morning devotions, meeting with God each day, is begin with Bible, move to meditation, polish with prayer. To meet with God is not only to hear his words in the Bible, but also to speak back to him in the response that he invites called prayer. It's a relationship. We're meeting with God. First, he speaks in his word. And we listen deeply and we take it all the way in through meditation. And then amazingly, God wants to hear back from us. In Christ, we have the ear of God Almighty in prayer. And so he means for us now, in light of what he says in his word, to address him in praise, in thanks, in confession, in supplication. So plan, pace, pause, pray, and finally, there's a person whose name is Jesus. Meeting with God in his word is no mere activity. It's not mainly an exercise in learning. It is meeting with a person who is not only God himself, but has come near and taken our flesh and blood as fully man. To see Jesus spiritually, by the spirit, through his word, is to see God. To know him is to know God. To enjoy Jesus is to enjoy God. To feed your soul on Jesus, the bread of life, is to have true life. So Bible reading and meditation and prayer are means to an end. They are God's means of grace to the great end of knowing and enjoying Jesus as the pearl of greatest price and the treasure hidden in a field found in joy and the surpassing value worth counting all his loss to gain in him. So gather a day's portion, brothers and sisters, which is a reminder not to try to do too much in daily devotions and meeting with God and not to miss the main thing. Our most pressing need is not to master the Bible, but to be mastered by God in Christ, through his word, in a day's portion for a lifetime. So Father, would you make it true for me and these dear brothers and sisters, provide for us daily in Christ through your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.